Hello and welcome to the Real Life Sports Show. This podcast is for sports fans, whether you're playing it, interested in it or looking to learn from high achievers. My name is Sam Adams. I'm known as the Real Life Coach. I'm a business owner and a life coach and I work with sports professionals, athletes, coaches and people in and around the industry. I help those people live more expansively, more authentically, so that they can enhance their performance, whether that's playing their game or living their real life. My background is in business. I've been in business for over 20 years in property. I've mentored and coached in that industry, and that led me into being a life coach. I'm super passionate about sports, and that's what led me to working in that industry and creating this podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking to some amazing human beings, some elite athletes and people from that industry. We're going to be talking about the glory, the glamour, the achievements and the medals. But we're also going to go to the real life bit, behind the scenes, what it really takes to excel. We're going to talk about the guts, the determination, the grit and the grime. For you, the listener, you're going to get some great takeaways and insight, whether you're looking to achieve for yourself around your mindset or your personal development. This is the podcast for you. So if you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review and any comments you have. So here we go, the Real Life Sports Show. So yes, welcome everybody to another episode of the Real Life Sports Show with me, Sam Adams. Today is a really super special uh, episode. I'm so <laughs> excited to have this guy on my podcast. I literally dance around my bedroom when he messages me on it, and no word of a lie. So um, please welcome to the show today, Tom Stoltman. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. But Tom, hey, how you doing? Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm good. Just a uh, very, very busy man right now, but uh, it's good to kind of just be able to get on this and just have a bit of chill time now. So, uh, yeah, because this it's just a relaxed chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I tell you, so if, for those of you listening who don't know who Tom is, Tom is the newly crowned world strongest man. Um, which I, I think the show doesn't air till Christmas. That's normal tradition, isn't it? Yeah, that's, it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Channel Five at Christmas time. So. Yeah, so we can't see that till Christmas, but it, it, we'll probably talk about that in a minute because it's a real traditional thing, isn't it? Yeah. People at Christmas get around the TVs and they watch World's Strongest Man, yet the competition is in June. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then social media is very powerful as well. So. Well, to be honest with you, obviously, I grew up as a kid watching World's Strongest Man, which I'm sure lots of people did. Um, you know, my brother told me about you, and I think I mentioned that to you because I've got an autistic daughter. And so mm. my, when you won, my brother was like, you got to get this dude on your on your podcast. He's just one world's strongest man. He's got autism. And other. I'm like, OK. And I'll be honest, I didn't know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I went and checked it all out. And of course, you know, back in my day when I watched it, first watched it, we didn't have social media. So for me, yeah, I just yeah. thought, well, it probably just happened the week before. Or But has it <laughs> traditionally always been like that? It's held in the summer and then shown <laughs> it at Christmas? Yeah, it's always been at Christmas. I just think it's... Uh... You know, people say get it live, do this and that. But, you know, getting it live is a very hard like thing to do. You know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. There is a lot of things that go wrong. Um, you know, if machines break down, et cetera, et cetera, you know, a live stream with that would, you know, but yeah, so it's always, even since I've started, I mean, 
I've been doing it for nine, ten years, and mm. yeah, every year it's, it's been at it's been at Christmas time. I think it's just like I said, the tradition. Everyone looks forward to you know sitting around the TV at Christmas time, watching uh, all the kind of strongman stuff that's on TV. So yeah, amazing. So let, well, let's hit on that anyway. There's obviously I don't know if it's the highlight of your career or whatever, but it is pretty epic that you have just won the world's strongest man. How does it actually feel? Because it must have been a crazy couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it has been a crazy couple of weeks. I mean, it's you think it's all kind of coming, you know, you're coming back down to earth and then boom, messages after message after messages come. So, uh, but, you know, I love it. I mean, I had a goal in 2018. I said, you know, kind of live on camera to a few people, to Eddie Hall mm. on social media that in 2021, mm. I was going to win World Strongest Man for my mum who passed away. And uh, I said I would... Oh, sorry, in 2019, so I said in 2020 I would hit podium and in 2021 I would win. Mm. 2020 I hit podium and then 2021 I won. So, you know, it worked out perfectly for me. And uh, I mean, when I won it, I, I, felt, I thought it was a dream at first. You know, I was like, <laughs> this can't be real. You know, like, I, you know, I was going up against Brian Shaw, who's yeah. obviously an incredible athlete, you know, won it four times. And it was, you know, all the way down to the last event. And yeah, I just Luke came around, cuddled me. And I mean, it's... I just wanted to take it back to Scotland. Scotland's never had this kind of, you know, world champion and kind of mm. a lot of things. So to have it in strongman, you know, it's been unbelievable the support I've had. Even at where I live, yeah. right up in the Highlands of Scotland, um, everyone's been so kind of buzzed about it. There's still a massive buzz right now. Um, yeah. Like a local kind of guy, five thousand population, and he's just gone and done something that's like Pretty only epic. five British guys have ever done, you know, before. So yeah, I mean. It's sinking in a wee bit now. I'm <laughs> having a few days off just to kind of get my head around things and just chill out, you know, and enjoy myself. But I've had a few night out since I've been back. You know, I've caught <laughs> up with friends that I've not really seen in a while. Had yeah. some time with my wife, you know, a long time. Because, you know, from November to June, it was all just world's strongest man, world's strongest man. And uh, yeah. you know, that's why I said, you know, if I didn't win the title this year, I would have been very disappointed. I was mm. mentally and physically the strongest I've been. And I did everything I possibly could to get myself ready for the show and thankfully I won it and then yeah now it's just need to keep winning it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm gonna ask you about some of that I mean uh, I get this show we like to talk about sort of what it what it takes to be elite and of course you are the elite you've hit the pinnacle in your arena and you talked about from November to to June to winning it what what is your routine like in order for you to, you know, to be in that condition in order to beat Brian Shaw and win the world's strongest man? What was your day-to-day life like? Yeah, well, like, so obviously, Wales was announced last year in November, and as soon as I got mm. off the plane from coming second place, I uh, got all the equipment I needed. So obviously the specialist equipment that you need in strongman that you can't just buy. I, mm. I got some manufacturers to make me some of that. Uh everything that I needed sorted so when I got kind of home and settled it was all there mm. and I also put my second place trophy to my dad and I said to my dad I don't want to see this trophy until I become a champion no wow. because obviously like a lot of people say you know second place an unbelievable achievement but you do you do sport to be the best at it and uh, that's what I said to my dad is like you know I came second but I want to be the best in this sport and uh, so yeah so basically I came home from Worlds last year and I um, you know, talked to my coach for a while and uh, talked to my nutritionist and kind of just sat down and said, look, I need to hit some weaknesses hard. I need to change some things I'm doing and really just need to, like, 
like sacrifice a lot of things. So that's what I did. You know, I put like family, my wife, friends second, and put straw man first. Mm. And uh, being autistic as well, I wrote every single thing I did down. When I write things down, it goes, it processes in my head quicker. So mm. I had a big whiteboard. I had four whiteboards in my kitchen and one in my living room. And one of them, I just said, World's Strongest Man 21, World's Strongest Man 21, yeah. about 100 times. And then uh, I just wrote every day what I was doing. And then also I signed up with like a mental coach. So she really helped me mentally. Uh, that's one thing I struggled with was the mental side of straw man. So if something got hard, I would give up. Yeah. Or if I was failing, if I did last an event, I would just walk away. So she really kind of, got me thinking of like things that I didn't want to think about she really really helped me go past like failure in, in events and stuff and really channeled my mind to different kind of things as well um, and it was oh it was incredible what she could do I didn't <laughs> realize people could do such things so just having a nutritionist that coach and her by my side those three people were like the support base for me and then obviously uh, my wife and Luke as well obviously Luke trains with yeah. me every day and he knows me inside out so Having those five people around me, um, kind of, that's the only five people I really seen through the whole prep. You know, I hardly see my dad, hardly see my family. It was kind of mm. just like a, you know, it was sometimes you sit down and don't know why you do this kind of stuff. But anyway, so like every day was kind of just the same for me. It was just like waking up at seven a.m. and my day would start at seven a.m. and it would end at like midnight. Wow. And you know that was six like five days a week. Uh, so I would train Monday to Friday. Yeah. I would have the weekends off, but still weekends off would still be waking up, you know, making sure my meals were in, making sure I was hydrated, making yeah. sure I had whatever I had to have, you know, every day. It was written down on the board. If I missed it, I would then lose the head and stuff. So, yeah, it was really, I was just being really, like, religious with everything I was doing and really, like, over the top, really making sure that I was, like, hitting everything on the head. And I also set myself some small kind of goals, like, you know, um, in the gym and out the gym and stuff, just mm. wee things that kept my head in the game a wee bit as well. Um, like I did like a, also in March then as well, I went to Bahrain. So this was kind of the, I think this was a time that I knew where I would win Worlds, I would not win Worlds. So I went out to Bahrain and uh, I was unfit. I wasn't count ready. I came mm. sixth place there. And a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, Tom's not going to win Worlds. Tom's not going to do this. But, for me, that was the best thing that happened because it was kind of like a, you know, like a football pre-season friendly where you go and get yourself yeah. kind of ready for the big show. So I went out there, got myself ready, and then I came back home and was like, right, I need to do this, 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 this. So did eight weeks of fitness from, I think it was end of March to about end of April or six weeks or something, and that was mm. the most brutal, brutal six weeks of my life. I mean, I'm a strong man, but I ended up doing CrossFit. I was doing lots of <laughs> I was doing rep ranges from like tw 10 to 12 instead of the four to eight. So right. I was really attacking my cardiovascular system. And again, I think that could be the difference as well. Because when you're a strong man, you know, as, as soon as you look at a strong man, all you think is like they do four to six reps, you know, they do one or two sets, yeah. none of this kind of fitness stuff. And yeah. I really, I, uh, I really, sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say, I did read, I was obviously done a bit of research and I was reading a little bit about it and it was saying about CrossFit and all of that. And I'm like, I was really surprised when I read that because, yeah, I, you know, obviously yeah. it's not my world. I know more about athletics, tennis and football. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so when I read that, I was like, wow, that's really interesting yeah. that you do all so, of that as well. So, yeah, so I was doing like, 
I was doing that for like eight weeks, more like the fitness kind of stuff. I was doing weights, mm. but more lighter weights and a lot of reps. And uh, just to get myself back to comp fit and stuff and being fit and feeling myself, you know. And so then I, then I started doing the strength phase. But yeah, it was, uh, for me, it was going out to the rain, making sure, like knowing where I was and then doing that kind of eight weeks of fitness and hiring a, hiring a uh, mental kind of coach really kind of changed my uh, way of looking at the gym, you know, because before that, all I was doing was really going into the gym doing four or five reps, two or three sets mm. every kind of time. And, yeah, so I really kind of nailed the training. I nailed recovery. For me, recovery has also is really, really important, you know. Um, I do hot and cold every day, so I go out. And, oh, I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> up in Scotland, up in the Highlands, it's, I mean, it's cold. So, like, we're going out to, like, wild swimming. We do the beaches. Oh, we do wow. ice swimming in the winter as well, so we go under ice. So we do hot and cold every single night religiously as well as getting, like, two or three physios a week as well. So, you know, that's, I mean, you know, if you didn't have to do it, I always say to people, that if you don't have to do it, don't do it. But <laughs> I don't have to choice. But, yeah, see, that's it. Uh, for me as well, the recovery, it's like eating recovery gym. You know, gym's third in that list because it's, like, the kind of easiest thing to do. I mean, um, really? I didn't have the best gym sessions or most days leading up to Worlds, but I recovered, slept, I recovered, and, uh, like, my nutrition was on point. So, yeah, but yeah, I just had made sure everything was kind of 100%. And from that November to the June, I promised my wife, I promised my family that I'd come back as a champion and that this would be worth it. And, you know, I did that. So now I can Amazing. actually have some downtime and, you know, make that kind of six months up that I missed back. So, That's, that, I mean, it's, it sounds massively intense um, <laughs> because the, the focus to to live like that for that length of time I mean I've spoken to Olympians and boxers and world champion boxers and all sorts of people and, and there does seem to be when you're at this elite level of uh, sport this intensity that comes with it that that dedication and that commitment and that determination um, seems to be there with the majority of, of top athletes do you yeah, do, where do you think that comes from because I know you made this commitment to your mum to win. Was that always in the back of your mind to drive you on to have this level of commitment? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've always kind of wanted, you know, I've always said since she kind of passed away, you know, obviously she's seen like, mm. she's seen Luke compete and like win trophies mm. in his early career, but she's seen me compete, but she never seen me win trophies and stuff. So right. like in my, when I, when in 2019, when I said that I was, it drove me every year to kind of, be better and then like mm -hmm. I, when I said I wanted to win it in 2021 that's when my mind changed and I was like right you know I've got my mind like I've promised my mum and I don't want to break a promise and like mm -hmm. if I broke a promise to like her I mean breaking promises is bad but if I broke it to her it would probably like um, it could have even ended my career you know if I didn't win that it might have like put me in a downer and wanted to quit the sport and stuff but yeah, yeah. it really really blinded me I mean like we're taking a documentary out and a lot of this stuff's been kind of recorded on um this prep sorry has been recorded on that documentary and you'll see that the, if, mm. when when it's out and you'll watch it you'll see the kind of passion and the kind of like intensity I went to in training like I've never ever been like I said gone past failure or like started crying or going like gone to pain and failure mm. and, in the gym and that's because you know I think about her and like because in the gym you're you know you're in pain but what yeah. she went through is real pain so that's why I was thinking in my head you know this is just this is me choosing to be in this pain this is by you know? choice so, yeah 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 yeah. so that's kind of really kind of drove me on to be like 
what, where I am today. So Yeah, amazing. Well, you must be the pride of Scotland, I'm sure. I know you're a big <laughs> Rangers fan as well, so I know they were pretty proud of you up at yeah, Rangers yeah. Football Club. But I, I guess, um, I had, by the way, oh my God, when I first, when you first agreed to do this, like, <laughs> when my brother said to me, get Tom on, I'm like... It's not that easy like you know obviously I've had, I have some amazing guests and I've got some more amazing lined up but you know when you've just won something like world's strongest man or, or whatever it can be quite hard no, to get some some somebody like you on and so when you uh, responded straight away I, I couldn't wait to tell my brother he was literally like blown <laughs> away um, but you know I want to ask you about the autism because I obviously put it out there that you were coming on the show and I have, I've never had so many people message me a question. <laughs> I'm not joking. There's no way that I could ask you, you know, yeah. those questions. We'd be here till tomorrow. Um, but there was a couple of people, there was a couple of people that were talking about autism and their, and, and their own personal struggles. Uh, and so, you know, and it would, one of the ones that really fascinated me, one of the questions was, does your autism help you focus um, on your goals and your strengths? Is it, is it almost like a strength in some ways? That, that Yeah, I mean, so since I've actually kind of done this full time and kind of understood autism more, um, mm. I use it now as like a superpower. So like, yeah. you know, like, so everyone asks me now, like my autism is my superpower. So again, that helps me so with autism and straw man, it goes because it's like a, a sketch, like a routine. You know, straw man, you're doing the same kind of thing every yeah. day. And also, you find out the events like four or five weeks before you go to a comp so you can plan them out. So, yeah, it's basically like you're just, you're waking up, eating, sleeping, lifting every single day is the same. So mm. I think that's how I kind of take into the sport so quickly as well because, like, since I've been open about the autism, uh, and the routine, there's nothing that really changes for me. Um, mm. And again, if something does change now, I can kind of, usually you get told the day before or something, so I can kind of take some time to, you know, process it in and then be fine. Whereas before it would be like, oh, no, what do I do? What do I do? I'm panicking and stuff. Mm. It's like, for example, my suitcase went missing the day I arrived in Worlds and it was only in LA and I knew that I would get it back the next day. So I kind of like, panic for the five minutes but then took a step back I was like look this is going to come it's going to be fine but yeah I've learned to like live with the autism I learned to kind of use it as a superpower and use it to my advantage and I mean it feels I mean in the gym I, I always just I, yeah every time I talk now I just like I just use that as a kind of goal as well to get to the top because like I said when I was younger a lot of people ripped me off but now it's kind of yeah. changed the other way and superpowers and autism and you know, being a world champion at school. So, yeah, I use it as a kind of every day I just wake up with it and, you know, I'm proud to have it and I just use it in part of my routine now. So Amazing. You know. And that's so good that you're able, able to use it like that. And you touched on sort of as a kid and things like that. And I, I just want to flip back to, to your childhood, I guess. A couple of things, really. And, I, and there was a question a couple of people asked about your childhood. What was it like for you? What was the hardest thing about your, your childhood growing up? Um, and also, I wanted to sort of add links into that. When was the autism diagnosed, and or did yeah, think, you aware that you might have some, you know, be slightly different? I guess. Yeah, I think the autism was diagnosed when I was before the primary school. I don't know, maybe mm. I'd always say six years old, but it might have been older. Might, but just say it's between six and nine anyway. And uh, yeah, I thought because well, when I was younger, um, you no, know, I didn't uh, like 
go out as much as my wee brother and my big brother. Mm. I used to always kind of like fight with them. Uh, when I was in the shops, like as a sentry thing, I would put my hand against like a shelf and like smash everything off the shelf. Yeah. But like for me, I was just thinking it was normal because people were like, like kind of laughing and uh, not really reacting much. So I thought, well, if they're not really saying anything to me, like if the shop people aren't coming out and giving me a row and stuff, yeah. I just kept thinking it was a normal. But yeah, um, I mean, childhood was hard for me. I don't really remember it much because my sister works in kind of the autism side of thing when I was younger. And I mean, people with autism as well, like they they don't want to remember their childhood because it's like a nightmare. Um, mm. So uh, as far as I can remember, yeah, it was kind of a very, very kind of hard, hard upbringing for me because my dad used to work away a lot on the rigs. So I wouldn't see, he'd be away months and months and months at a time. Mm. And I mean, I'm one of five as uh, one of five as well. So then my mum had to look after you know four kids plus me. So mm. yeah, and then obviously like I'd, like fight with my brothers. You know, I'd try and do a lot. Like I just annoy them a lot. They had a lot of friends. I would just lock myself into my room, uh, play like games on my phone myself, just thinking it was normal. And then mm. good thing for me going into primary school, it was a really small school, so. Um, I think I got made to feel normal there because like a lot of my friends were kind of energetic and hyper and they liked me just because of like me being funny and just yeah. annoying people. So like they, I think they thought I was kind of just a hyper kid. So that was quite good. And then also I loved football as younger. I played like football was my life and all my mates played football. So uh, mm. that really helped me kind of get a bit of kind of socializing and independence and stuff. I joined a football club and yeah, mm. if I wasn't in school, I was playing football every single day and then as a kind of primary school got on I then started get, you know getting taken out of school to go get appointments and assessments and stuff and I was just kind of wondering you know what was going on I didn't really understand much you know why why, why was I getting taken out of school and yeah my brothers and sisters not why was I getting support teachers coming to my house and stuff and all this kind of stuff you know it's going through my head at like 100 miles per hour um, and then I mean, fast forward on then to the academy. I mean, the academy for me was really, really hard. Going up from that kind of 13 to year old to 15, 16 year old stage was a very, very hard. Probably one of my hardest times of my life. I mean, I was going from a school with 100 pupils to eight, 900 pupils, and uh, uh, yeah. like four or five different schools coming all at once was a. Uh, I mean, I think I lasted two or three years in the academy you know and I then had to just go because I just couldn't handle it I the good thing about the academy was I got a lot of support which was I was really thankful for you know I got a, mm. they went like above and beyond to tell them but I didn't tell my friends till I was in I think it was second or third year you know I said to my support teacher look I need to tell my mates why I know I'm coming out of class why are you guys are in class mm. with me why I'm not doing this and I got I as soon as I told them it felt like the earth had lifted off my shoulders and I felt like normal. I felt I was like part of society then. Yeah. And from that day onwards, my life had changed. And but I don't know why I didn't do it earlier. Just because I thought, you know, people would laugh at me. But it was, yeah, it was unbelievable that um, how much you know, respect I got. And I didn't get treated any different. I actually got treated better because my friends understood me more. Mm. People I was around understood me more. Even the teachers kind of understood me more as well because they can get frustrated as well. You know, like, oh, Tom's going out all the time. And, yeah. And it's easier that if people know the teachers can then, you know, have support of pupils. But yeah, as soon as I did that, my life changed. Like it was unbelievable how, like from 
hiding my autism to not hiding it has changed. And that's why from that day, as soon as I told everyone, yeah, my life through school was, I mean, it was still hard. You know, I was only doing the subjects that I was comfortable in. I was still going home from school at certain times, but mm. people understood why then, you know. And then, yeah. Yeah, going, so then the last few years of school was kind of a breeze for me. And then I left that in and out of college, in and out of uh, jobs a lot and stuff. And I didn't really find a way then. And then uh, all my mates went to uni and I, I didn't have anyone to play football with and stuff. Locked myself into my room when I was like 15, 16. And then Luke came to me and said, oh, look, come join the gym. And uh, this is when I was like, geez, you know, I'm a skinny little boy. <laughs> autism, don't speak to no one. You know, when I was in the gym, my head was down. Didn't yeah. speak to no one but Luke. And uh, I think that what really kind of helped me was Luke worked offshore at the time then as well. So um, when I when he wasn't there, I had to then go to the I had to force myself to go to the gym and like mix with people and really talk. And I think yeah. like, Luke making me do that and uh, kind of for, and me forcing myself to the gym really kind of helped me get kind of where I am today. And then I also got like, you know, the second person who got my parents' house got married at like 20... <laughs> <laughs> 21, no, 22, 23, yeah, 21, yeah. 22, I think. You know, and I proved a lot of people wrong as then because a lot of people thought, you know, I was just going to be, like, not a functioning, like, member of society, going to go mm. down the wrong paths, not move out my parents' house, not get married, not have, like, a successful job and stuff. Mm. And then to then, like, do that, and this is all came from just because I told people about my autism and how they supported me with it all. But, yeah. Amazing. Not, as soon as I told someone, it was unbelievable how my life just kind of went uphill after that. It was unbelievable. So yeah, so that's a really great story, and it's a, you know, obviously anyone that might be struggling, you know, who listens to this, it's a great message to for them to sort of face face it and to to share it. And obviously, knowledge is power, I guess, as long as you use that knowledge. Right. Um, and so, obviously, you've used that knowledge to your greater good, and obviously, I'm sure it's helped other people understand. And you know understand you and your behaviors you know it's, you know like I say I've got a daughter who's got autism in it you know when you don't understand why like she you know when you said about knocking shelves over that I love I chuckled because I've been in that, that situation yeah. with my daughter and like yeah. I get it but people around her are like what yeah, the hell is going on you know yeah. like um so I, I totally understand that um but it's such a great story and and what you've been through I guess I just want to go back to like you obviously said like around 16 your brother Luke then got you sort of going to the gym was that sort of then I guess and that was the start of the whole you know beefing yourself up getting yeah. some muscle mass because you said you was a skinny little boy I can't imagine that I need to yeah, see I mean, those photos <laughs> that's what everyone says I was like skinny not uh, not confident enough it was more yeah I was just going more to get myself confident you know to get like you know, make myself feel good, maybe talk to some girls and stuff, you know, just mm. that kind of, what any kind of 16 year old boy does, and then, mm. I mean, I hated every minute of it, because the pain you were in every day, and I was, yeah, uh, I couldn't really play football, I couldn't do much than just sit in my bed, like, yeah. with Dom, you know, like, muscle, and then like, but then as soon as I started seeing changes to myself, like a bit bicep muscles, and a bit of like chest muscles, I kind of got addicted, and right. then I just didn't look back after that, Luke kept me under his wing, so yeah. I was able just to go myself and do my own stuff. But yeah, Amazing. I felt like the, the gym's changed my life completely. You know, it's, yeah, well, everybody can see, you know, how I've kind of grown from like a shy boy that didn't want to do anything in life to now, like, you know, owning a gym, being the world's strongest man. The gym has changed my life for the do better. You think, 
do you think obviously obviously you started around 16 going to the gym with Luke and that do you how quickly do you think it started to help you sort of mentally and feel more of a confident person um probably four or five months into it um mm. you know it's a long time but like a lot of people were saying to me you're looking bigger you're looking good you know you're mm. they were like coming up to me like oh yeah i'm talking more to people i was physically they saw a change in four or five months but like me mentally and stuff and like talking to people it was a night and day within a few maybe a month or two I was able to say more than just one word I mm. didn't have my head down all the time I was like my head was up my chest was out and I was walking around like more confident in myself but yeah Brilliant. because I mean in the gym you kind of have to be because you know if you're training by yourself you need kind of something that's going to help with the dumbbells you need help with spotting and stuff and if mm. you're too scared to say that then you're never going to be able to kind of uh, process progress sorry and like I used to kind of go with my friends with my friends because I was comfortable but then I stopped going with them and I was like right I need to meet some new people here and go to different gyms and try and you know get myself better at this sport and that's what I did as well so yeah I mean it was good Luke. <laughs> what uh, so obviously Luke because Luke how old is Luke he's a, he's a bit older than yeah, you Luke's isn't he yeah Luke's 37 this year yeah, and I'm 24 so 10 years yeah yeah so he was obviously already was he already competing around that time when you first started going to the gym? Yeah, so yeah, so he had like competed a few years by the time I went to the gym. Yeah, so he mm. had knew kind of knew a lot of people and you know that kind of road of strong man and stuff. So that was that was your route then. Very quickly was it that you yeah kind of wanted to follow Luke? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so yeah, since day one, Luke had me under his wing, but he never really pushed me. Luke, he always just said, you know, just get the kind of deadlift squats. Mm first and then leave the kind of t-shirt muscle and stuff till the end you know <laughs> that's what everyone did so I look I mean look pushed me into doing that kind of exercises first so then I like added muscle quicker I was you know getting stronger quicker as well because I was doing those more ex those exercises then I went to a gym in Inverness which was specific for like strong men and powerlifter and kind of the bigger bodybuilder guys right and then that's when I met like Two of Luke's best friends, Callum and Pete, who own Cerberus Strength. Uh, I, I then met them and started training with them when Luke was away as well. And mm. those two guys as well, you know, they understood autism and they got me out my shell and really helped me get as well to that next level. So, yeah, I just kind of went with the flow after that, really kind of built on what I had. And I just, just I wanted to learn and I wanted to, you know, be successful in the sport. Mm. And like with autism, when you, when you want to do a sport, when you want to do something you put 100% effort into it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it works, it works. So mm. I always wanted to like, because I didn't have football that then, I just thought, right, this could be the last chance of making something of my life. So let's do it like 100%. So. Wow, amazing. Oh, God, so good. I read somewhere that you can lift 700 kilograms. Is that right? Or something like that, is it? Yeah, I can walk with it. On, I can walk with it on my back, like six wow. fifty, seven hundred pounds. <laughs> I, I think I lost about two or three inches height after that. <laughs> I could be I seven feet, but I'm only six feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible! When I read it, I was just like, I can't even imagine what that looks like. Yeah, I've seen, I've watched a couple of videos of you with the. Is it Atlas? Atlas yeah, yeah. You're world champion at that, right? Yeah, I've not been beaten at that in two years two years so i've got every record you can get for the atlas stones wow so that is and ultimately so when you won world strongest man this year 2021 that was what it came down to wasn't it because i want to yeah. talk to you about mr brian shaw who's obviously won it four times he's obviously a legend in your sport 
um, and obviously you come in second year before and stuff. What was that like, really? I, I think it wasn't it going into the last day. There was like one point between the two of you. Yeah, it was, it was a one point. I mean, I said it in interviews before I started that if it was me versus Brian and Atlas Bones, it would be great. But yeah, I and it was. It was. Yeah, because like you know, I mean, it was a it's a crowd and the people that gave me the title, the King of the Stones. But you still like. In my head, I was like, if I lose this stones, I not just lost the title of stones. I've lost the title of world's strongest man. Yeah. And I, 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 I didn't want. I was thinking of last year as well. Like I made a mistake. If I make a mistake, that's me. You know, it was just a lot of things were going through my head that like, like I should be confident, but I was a bit like nervous as well. But then as soon as I did that first stone, I then found my feet and was like, this, this feels good. And then, I. Uh, I seen a week video after the event, like Brian Shaw stumbled on like the second or third one. Right. So I knew that I was able to then take advantage of that and, you know, win. I, well, I didn't realise I won until I looked back. I was like, yeah, you know, I dropped onto my knees and then won. But yeah, that was the scariest kind of minute, two minutes of my life. Oh, <laughs> how, how were you sort of going yeah. into that last day? Because going to bed knowing there's one point between you guys. Um, how did you manage that stress? Did you sleep that night? <laughs> Yeah, well, I was actually a, I was a bigger leap uh, after the first day. So after the first oh, okay. day, I was like five points ahead. Yeah. And then Brian caught it back after the last two. But so I was after the deadlift, it was one point, And like, you know, I had a few hours oh, to I kind of it process it. Thing. No, okay, sorry. Apologies. Yeah. Yeah, there was, yeah. So there was two days. But yeah, so the first day I was already five points ahead. But then we had deadlift, log and stones on the mm. last day. And yeah, so after the deadlift, it was like, I think three or four hours of like you know downtime to chill and stuff, and I was mm. just trying to progress stuff, you know, and like just you know I, I didn't think about it. I had a wee nap, and then like half an hour to go, I then started like doing my routine and started like you know just saying you know, I'm the best in the world at stone. This this is what you need to do. I visualize doing the Atlas stones before, and mm-hmm. then lastly I have good tacky that's stuck in the heat because the heat was 46 degrees out there, which Ooh. I don't think anybody's ever kind of competed in so it was like it was hot so yeah <laughs> me being from scotland i was like yeah so like the things you don't want to you know you don't ever want to second guess the tacky stuff you put on so if you're like oh i've got this stuff but it doesn't seem like it's going to stick that's already a negative mm-hmm. thought you don't want to be like right you don't want to go out and start like wiggling the stones because again that's another negative thought you just want to put your stuff on go straight out there and lift and that's what i do i just put my tacky on if it looks like gravy I'm like I don't even care just just go out and do it and mm. you know I put my tacky on went out did it and I you know I won and I let the Brian was the one that made the kind of wee mistake that mm. you know helped me get the win so yeah I just it was very nerve-wracking but I'm glad I held my nerve because gee <laughs> it was tense <laughs> and do, do you talk about sort of visualization and, and obviously you obviously affirmations you're talking that out is that a, do you use that regularly as part of your sort of routine? Yeah, I mean, I think I I talk a lot. Of, I think it might just be the autism. You know, I I'm thinking I'm the kind of only one that kind of talks out and visualizes the events. You know, like I really go out and draw a picture in my head of me doing this stuff. Like for so the last event, I draw a picture of me doing the stone and then just say like you know best in the world, best in the world. And then I before I go out as well, I like I look down the lane. And just like laser focus, my eyes looking down the lane and just look down at every stone, mm. and then and then I, and then I'm ready to start. So it's just a thing I kind of yeah done all the since I've kind of become a pro. I've done every time I've 
I do events now. I just talk to myself about it and then visualize it, then go do it. So. Brilliant. No, I think it's a technique that's used a lot in. I use it in my life, and I'm not a, a you know a, yeah, an elite yeah. athlete, but I use it for my goals, and you know, and I use yeah. affirmations and things like that. I think we are what we repeatedly do, so and, yeah, say, yeah, and and say to ourselves or say out loud. So I think you know, I believe I work with athletes as well, and a, a lot of athletes do do that um, because the mind is so strong. You know, if you've got a yeah, strong mind, you can force your body to do things that yeah, yeah. you wouldn't <laughs> expect it to do. So it, it makes total sense. So what's i guess what what's this sort of next for you because you know like where do you go from here <laughs> I, know, I mean uh, i get that asked question a lot i mean you know now i've kind of got back to earth and stopped celebrating and stuff <laughs> but, you know when i've got the since i have the gold trophy now i don't want to let go of it you know that's the thing i've yeah. you know i'm hungry to i'm hungry to you know go another year and do it there's not many people strongmen that have done it back to back and, uh, you know, if I can do that, that would be an amazing kind of thing to do as well. But you know, I'm just going to enjoy this year, you know, train kind of hard. There's a few events that I've got my eyes on as well that I want to kind of do good in. But yeah. obviously the big one again is Worlds. Um, but, yeah, once I'm ready to train for Worlds, I'll, again, go probably just like I did this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, this year and just go all out and try and be that better package. I want to. Every, every year I want to kind of improve myself so if I can do better next year I know that I can win again but yeah mm. the goal is to have nine or ten of those shiny gold trophies somewhere wow <laughs> what god that, that's a lot <laughs> what what I guess what's the average you know what I don't know what the average lifespan is of a world's strongest man what's the I oldest mean, who's the oldest strongest man that's been before 55 is someone called Mark Felix is 55 wow. yeah I actually was he was in my group so yeah he's he didn't start strong until it's 37 full, but the average, I mean, you don't usually peak in strong until you're about 33 and you usually can go to your about 40s. And that's when, when you start kind of going like, yeah, not downhill, but that's when your strength starts to decrease a wee bit. You're still up there with the best, mm. but you're not going to be ever like winning the titles again. So, mm. you know, I've still got like five, six years to get to like my peak. So it's, you know, it's kind of a positive, you know, as long as I don't get injured and I do everything right, Mm. then that'll be, my, my career will be all right. If I get injured, then, yeah, that'll be kind of bad. <laughs> well, that, yeah, there's every, obviously every chance that you can do that. Then I didn't realise that, yeah. you know, for me, you think, well, maybe sort of early 30s, maybe, but like to go that, yeah, yeah. that length of time and to be that, to have that level of strength is incredible. So, yeah, you've obviously got plenty of time to get more gold, shiny oh, trophies. <laughs> and so with the, when's the Worlds this year? When, when are they on? They're on TV. They're on. Uh, they're on at Christmas time on Channel Five. So is it like Christmas Day, Boxing Day, isn't it? I think. Uh, I don't. I think they'll be. Yeah, it'll be around like. I think it starts Christmas Eve or it starts yeah. Christmas Day and it goes to Boxing Day. Yeah, it'll be. They'll be on the Giants Live uh, Facebook page anyway, so you you yeah. can keep updated through that. So. And I'm pretty sure your um your phone will be ringing a lot more again once it's sort of on national <laughs> TV. Best. It'll die down for a wee bit, like October, November, then it'll go back right up to December. It'll go, yeah. go back again. So. It'll go nuts. <laughs> What's been yeah. the greatest thing that's happened off the back of this win so far? I mean, it's just, I like, I know I'm, oh, I always kind of stay humble, you know, and I never want to kind of get, let things get to my head and stuff. And mm. I love how I can give back. Like, today I was out at a care home where I live and giving back to like those kind of, 
the older generation. My granny was wow. in the care home that I was at. And, you know, I've seen a lot of kind of ex-Highland game people there and their mm. faces just lit up when they've seen trophies. And then I do a lot of stuff for schools and stuff. And, I mean, even going, I go to a lot of kind of, the, I'm, I'm ambassador kind of for autism in Scotland and stuff. So, mm. you know, I, I love just getting messages like that, you know, like, oh, you've changed my kid's life and he thinks you're a Superman and stuff now. And, mm. you know, I, 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 get, I do get, like, celebrities that reach out to me, you know, and, like, you know, WWE UK, I'm going to be doing an a, appearance at that in September. Awesome. I'll be doing some Formula One stuff as well. And then... Oh, uh, wow. What are you doing for the Formula One? I think I'm going to be doing something with... I think Rose are kind of trying to get me stuff to do with Lewis Hamilton or something. So. Oh, Tom, you've got to let me know if that happens. Yeah, so my brother-in-law's a massive, massive, massive Lewis Hamilton yeah. fan. But yeah, it's just, I mean, you know, a lot of doors open, but I'll always stay grounded and, you know, I know where I came from and I know mm. who's helped me get to where I am. And obviously I'm doing stuff with Rangers next week as well. And oh, you know, they're, my boy, they're my boyhood club. And I've always kind of, I love, I mean, to support them and how they support me, it's, it's mind-boggling. I'm like... Geez, oh, you're the biggest club in the world, and now they're supporting me. It's like this Fantastic. is this is crazy. So, yeah, but you know, I just love doing stuff for this local community, and you know, doing podcasts. Doing, I just love giving back to people because it's, you know, if I started this sport ten years ago, and I wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for like fans and sponsors and people yeah. help me get along the way. People think, oh, strongman's a, it is a lonely sport, but you don't realize how many people you've got that help you get on that way. You know, and mm. you meet people that maybe in your life for a month or two months that's made you like giving you positive kind of you know vibes and stuff you don't see them again and you know so it's like there's a lot of people along the way that's helped me get to kind of where I am today so yeah absolutely I think that's that rings true in most sports you see you know a single athlete out on the track but it's not one person really is it there's always a team of people behind you you said your coach for your mindset your nutrition obviously in the gym and yeah, it takes it takes a few people to sort of get that person on the podium, as it were. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no different for you. Listen, Tom, <laughs> I promised I'd keep you like forty minutes, forty-five minutes. I really appreciate you coming on. Like I say, no you, you made my day a few weeks ago by agreeing to come and do this podcast. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, I know my brother will definitely be uh, be listening in. <laughs> We've got one listener. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for doing it. I wish you all the best. I look forward to watching it on TV. Uh, in December and good luck for, for going forward I hope when you get a couple more trophies that you might come back on again and yeah 100% thank you very much cheers then. awesome cheers you've been listening to the real life sports show I hope you found some value and joy in this podcast if you have then please tell someone else about it and also while you're at it why not leave me a five star review also you can share it on your socials You'll find me mostly on Instagram at Sam Adams Coach. You can also check me out at my website, sam-adams.com. Send any comments or any interest in coaching or speaking to my Instagram. Just drop me a DM. I look at all my messages and I respond to every single one of them.